Davidson. I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from here, Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. Several months ago, my daughter came to, to visit me here in my office. And when she got here, she had a headache. She was nauseous. And along with some other symptoms, she was one sick puppy. It didn't take me long. I looked straight in her eyes and I said, you come out of her, you wicked spirit. You come out of her in Jesus' name. You know what? She started to shake. That spirit came out. And within moments, moments, she was well. She was well. Amen. Now, what would give a five foot, two and a half foot woman that weighs about 110 pounds that kind of authority? What kind of power can you put in such a little body? Well, I want you to turn with me to Romans 1.16 because this is what we're after. We are after the power that raised Jesus from the dead. We're after that power to work in our lives, right? Or what, what are we serving God for? What are you serving God for? As we used to say when I was younger, hell insurance? What are we serving God for? Let's go to Romans 1.16. I want to show you where that power came, that authority that was in me that could cast that spirit out. Now, it wasn't me that cast it out. It was Jesus in me. But how did that authority get there? How can I move in that authority? Let's turn to 1.16 Romans. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. It is the power. Notice, for I am not ashamed. I am not timid. I am not afraid to use the power, the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. It is the power. It is the power. Now, I used to be a grammar teacher. I used to teach diagramming sentences. Remember those days when you were in school? All right. Where? The power of God. I would ask you, what is that talking about? Where is that from? It is from the gospel. The power of God comes from the gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation. Unto salvation. My daughter needed salvation that day. She was sick. Where did that salvation come from? It came from the power of God. Where did that power come from? It came out of the gospel. Now, what is the gospel? Let's turn to 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 and 4. Now, I read these last week, but we are going to read them over and over again, just like when I first came here to Water of Life, I heard these verses over and over. You know, it took over and over for them to get into my heart. It is much different having verses, having the Word of God in your heart than it is in your head. When they're in their head, they can't do a thing for you. But when they're in your heart and you have revelation of them, they work. That's when they work. Okay, 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3. For I delivered unto you first of all. And if you look back up in verse 1, he delivered unto them the gospel. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received. How that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried 
and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Let's turn to verse, let's look up in verse one. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. I declare unto you the gospel, the gospel. And what was that gospel? Back down to verse, verse three. How that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Now for the next couple weeks, we are going to look at the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Because as Romans 1.16 says, that's where the power is. That's where the power is. That's where I received the power, the ability to use the name of Jesus and my daughter was healed. I have used it over and over and over and over and you know what? It works. Why? Because it is the power of God and it is in the gospel. Now, to look at the death, burial, and resurrection of the gospel. I was going to do that and I was praying about this yesterday and, I, and God brought up a particular instance in Jesus' life. And, and the father told me, he said, Kathy, you need to talk about what went to the cross first. What went to the cross? What went to the cross? And we're going to do that by beginning in Hebrews 10. And I'm going to begin in verse 5. We are going to find out what went to the cross. What exactly went to the cross? You know, before I do this, I want you for the next several minutes to put away your religion, to put all your religion aside. I want you to put away every movie that you've seen, every book you've read, every art depiction that you have seen about the death, burial, and resurrection, about Jesus. I want you to put them aside. Every new book, every new movie, put it aside. And we are only going to look at the Word of God. Only the Word of God. Nothing else but the Word of God. You know why Jesus said the Word of God cannot be broken? It is the truth. It is the truth. Now, back to Hebrews 10, verse 5. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, this is Jesus, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. A body hast thou prepared me. Did you know that Jesus needed a body? Did you know to come to the earth he needed a body? It said, a body hast thou prepared me. And how did Jesus come to earth in a body? Did he come down in the clouds? No. How did Jesus come to earth? How come he needed a body? He was born. He was born. Do you know you and I were born? Do you know an angel isn't born? Do you know that God isn't born? Do you know a man has to be born? Do you know that Jesus became a man and he became a baby? A body hast thou prepared me. Do you hear that wonderful statement? Jesus talking to the Father. A body hast thou prepared me. Now, why did Jesus need a body? Let's go to the next one. Let's go to Philippians 2. Philippians 2, I'm going to begin in verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, 
Jesus was God. You know, it says that all things were created by him and everything that was created was created by Jesus. But it says that who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. But then look at verse 7. But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. Being found in fashion as a man, Jesus became a man. If you look back up in verse 7, it says, made himself of no reputation. You know, if you look that word up, if you study it out, it means to empty oneself. Jesus emptied himself of all his godly ability, all of it, and he became a man. You know, to become a man, he needed a body, and he said to the Father, a body hast thou prepared me. Jesus became a man. Let's look on there. It says, but made of himself of no reputation, emptied himself, and took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men, and being found fashioned as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Even the death of the cross. Jesus became a man. You know, it is written that there is one God, And there is one mediator between God and man. And what's the next phrase? The man, Christ Jesus. The man, Christ Jesus. The man. Jesus became a man. And you say, well, what about all those miracles he did when he was down here? Well, I just performed a miracle a little while ago by casting the devil out of my daughter. I don't look like God. Where did Jesus get the power? Where did he get the ability, if he was a man like you and I, to do those miracles? The same way you and I do it, through the Holy Spirit. Think about it, folks. That man did no miracles until he was baptized in the Holy Ghost. Not one. Not one. His first miracle was changing the water into wine, and that was after he was baptized in the Holy Ghost. Where did he get the ability to do all those miracles? The same way we do through the Holy Spirit. He became a man like us. Let's go to the next verse. Let's go to Hebrews 4, verse 15. This is talking about Jesus. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. But he was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Jesus was tempted. Jesus walked just like you and I did. You know, it said when he met the woman at the well that he was weary from his journey. You know, a man gets weary. God doesn't get weary. You know, it says when he was on the sea, when the sea was overrunning the boat and they woke him up and said, Lord, we're perishing. Jesus was asleep. You know, it says in Psalms, God never sleeps. Jesus was asleep on the boat. Why? Because he was a man and he needed sleep. He needed sleep. He was a man. He was in all points tempted like as you and I were. How can we have an example that we have to follow if he is not just like us? Jesus was a man just like you and I. And we are going to look 
You know, there are certain places in the Bible that move me, that really move me. And we are going to look at an example today of Jesus walking as a man, walking like you and I, having to overcome his own flesh that led to his going to the cross. And we are going to turn to Matthew 26. And I'm going to begin in verse 36. Remember, here, Jesus is a man. And here is one of the places where he, like us, is struggling between the spirit and the flesh. It says, then come Jesus with them into the place of Gethsemane. He had just had the last supper with his disciples. He said, and he said unto his disciples, sit you here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. And he began to be sorrowful, sorrowful and very heavy, sorrowful and very heavy. Then said he unto them, my soul is exceeding sorrowful. My soul. Notice he said, my soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. Even unto death. You know, I looked that word exceeding sorrowful up. And it means be overcome with so much sorrow that you die. That you die. Jesus was dealing with an overcoming sorrow. He said, my soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. Tarry you here and watch with me. And he went a little further and he fell on his face and he prayed. Oh, my father, if it be possible, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Look at that statement. This is your savior. This is a man getting ready to go to the cross. And look what he says. Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. You know what? He didn't want to go to the cross. His soul did not want to go to the cross. He's asking the father right here, is it possible for me to get out of this? His soul did not want to go to the cross. Why not? Because he could read. He could read. He knew where he was headed. Not only that, he had seen crucifixions. He knew what he was going to go through. And he, his soul did not want to go. And let's keep reading. He said, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh to the disciples and he find them asleep. And he said unto Peter, what? Could not you watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not in temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. I was talking to Dole this morning. I said, you know, yesterday was the first time I realized, and it was by revelation of the spirit, Jesus was talking about himself here. He said, the spirit's willing. The flesh is weak. He wasn't only talking to Peter. He was talking about himself. His flesh did not want to go to the cross. But he said, nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. Let's read on. 
And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep, said unto Peter, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not in temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. We went away again the second time and prayed, saying, oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. Now, let's go see this in another place. I want us to go to Luke 22, 41. There's two points I want us to see here. Luke 22, I'm going to begin in verse 41, same place. He's in the garden of Gethsemane. He said he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. If thou be willing, remove this cup from me. He didn't want to go to the cross. His soul didn't want to go to the cross. He said, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. You know, when I was young, when I was in high school and I was first reading the Bible, God was ministering to me. I used to lay in my room and consider this. And I would think, well, what is this crucifixion to Jesus? He was God. He probably didn't even feel it. It was probably like a piece of cake to him. But see, I didn't know then that Jesus was a man. I didn't know that he had a soul like mine that he was tempted in every way possible. You know, in James, it says that the father won't tempt a man and the father can't be tempted with evil. God cannot be tempted with evil, but Jesus was tempted with everything. So Jesus couldn't have been God. He was a man. He was a man. And at this point, he didn't want to go to the cross. His soul didn't want to go. I don't blame him. It said, and there appeared unto him, this, I love this, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. He's laying down his life here. He is crucifying his own flesh. He said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And I love, this is what the father does. And there appeared unto him an angel from heaven, strengthening him, strengthening him. The father sent him an angel, strengthen him. This man needs some strength. You know, the Father will do the same thing for us. He'll do the same thing for us. Anything he does for Jesus, he'll do for us. And he sent an angel to strengthen Jesus. Let's go on a little bit more. Uh, 44, and being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. This man had to pray through his death, burial, and resurrection. And he did it in the garden. And when he started, he didn't even want to go. When Jesus was in the garden, he said, Father, if there is a way to take this cup from me, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. I want you to take a look here. I want you to consider this. What was the Father's will? What was the Father's will? His own son said, Father, if it be possible, take this away from me. What was the father's will? Go to the cross. Go to the cross. What was the father's will? Go to the cross. Can you imagine your own son coming to you saying, is there any way I can get out of this? And you having to tell him, go to the cross. Go to the cross. 
You know why? You know why that happened? Verse that you've probably recited since you were this big. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You know, the father loved us. He loved us enough. He loved us enough that he said, go to the cross. Go to the cross. And you know what Jesus did? Because he loved the father, he went to the cross. He went to the cross. Now I can go on. Let's go to John 18, verse 1. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the book Cedron. There was a garden into which he entered with his disciples. And Judas also betrayed him, knew the place. For Jesus oftentimes resorted there with his disciples. Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, came hither with lanterns and torches and weapons. Now this is the Jesus that had prayed through, prayed through. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth. All things that should come upon him, now he's ready. Now his spirit and his soul is ready to go to the cross. Do you see the soldiers didn't arrive until he was ready? Do you see that they didn't come to get him until he was ready? Now he's ready. And look what happens. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? And they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said unto him, I am he. Actually, he is italicized. I am. I am. Not I'm going to be. I am. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. And as soon then, as he said unto them, I am, they went backward and fell to the ground. Do you see the change in Jesus? He went from, I don't want to go, to I am. Do you see how he prayed through that resurrection? Now, what went to the cross? A man. A man went to the cross. A man was our substitute. A man went to the cross. And a man at this point is ready to go to the cross. He is ready. He is ready. And why is he ready? He prayed through in the garden. He put his own flesh down. And now he's ready to go to the cross. Do you know? Do you know when you're born again, you receive the spirit of Jesus? You need to be born again. Jesus said you must be. And to walk in this world and to do the works of Jesus, we have to have the spirit of Jesus in us so that he can do the same works through us. I have the perfect song to sing right here. And it's about Jesus and about the the death, burial, and resurrection. And as it's playing, If you are not born again, it is easy to do so. He that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, shall be born again, shall be set at safety. It actually will bring salvation. Anything you need is in the name of Jesus. 
call on that name while this song plays. joining Kathy Davidson and the Ministers of Music from Water of Life Church. She'd love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd 
at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.